Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the 909 Podcast. On this episode, we're going to be talking uh, to Mango and Mathman about their new album, Casual Work, which we reviewed last week. And we will be also uh, reviewing this week, uh, Jape's new album, Sentinel, along with other things. I'm 909, and I'm joined as ever by Andrea Cleary. Hello. How are, How are you? you? I'm good. I'm, I'm tired because I was tricked by a nap. Oh, you got the nap, you post nap. I had a, oh, yeah, I had a bad nap. So I went to have the nap. I had the nap. It was great. And then I woke up more tired than I was before the nap. The nap didn't work. See, I can't do naps. I was betrayed, like at all. No. Because I wake up too tired afterwards. See, there is some kind of trick, but I just didn't. Is it not supposed to be like half an hour or something like that? Yeah, I think it's like 22 minutes. coffee before you go to sleep. Yeah, it's a cup of coffee, go to bed, set your alarm for like 28 minutes or 22 minutes or something after that but I just got into bed and I was like la 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 I'm gonna sleep for an hour and a half and now I'm very very tired it might be the day that's in it as well yeah and I'm going to a mountain goats gig so that should be the shot of adrenaline (laughs) that uh I'm waiting for you know my favorites the mountain goats your absolute faves yeah with the dungeons and dragons (laughs) album you love that yeah that's right (laughs) um yeah so this isn't a podcast about life hacks it is a podcast about um new music mostly and um I guess uh, one of the big things that's happening this week is, well, today specifically, is that the Grammys were announced. Mm -hmm. The Grammy noms were announced. Do we care? I don't know. Do we? I kind of do. I do more this year than last year, but I think that's probably just because I'm looking for a bit of a spectacle. Okay. And I know and like a lot more artists that have been nominated um, in terms of album record, song and um, new artists of the year this year than I did last year so well it arrives at the right time because today I've been thinking a lot about my end of the year no yeah. it's too soon and we've been creating some lists based off um, 
some new bands of the of Irish bands of the year and stuff like that today, which we'll share soon. But um, yeah, we were doing some uh, strong extra Excel sheet um nice inputs. So yeah. yeah, there was a lot of that. So this came at the right time as well. It was like in case you know, there's always that feeling that when at this point where the albums haven't been like most album of the year lists haven't been released yet but you're like oh we don't forget anyone mm-hmm. <laughs> and then thankfully i have the likes of last fm and stuff to help me and spotify and all that kind of stuff but um still i will obviously sometimes probably forget something so uh, where do we start with the grammys nomination i guess we can start with album of the year okay. um i think it's pretty strong in terms of my personal music taste uh we got bonnie bear i i is that how you say that? I've never aye, said aye, it yeah. out loud. Yeah. Sounds funny. Aye, aye. Uh, Lana Del aye, Rey, aye. Norma, Norman fucking Rockwell, Billie Eilish, when we all fall asleep, where do we go? Her, I used to know her. Ariana Grande, Thank You Next, which feels like it came out three years ago, at least. Mm. That does not feel like a, a, a recent thing at all. Uh, Lil Nas X7, Lizzo, Cause I Love You, and Vampire Weekend, Father of the Bride. Right. Pretty pop represented as well. Yeah. Her, the Grammys love her. Right. I'm not sure if anyone else does. I'm not, I don't mean that she's not good. I just mean like it's the only association. I don't I know anyone her. that loves her though. Yeah. She's no one's favorite artist. She's very cool. Yeah. Plays mean guitar. Mm-hmm. Kind of looks like Rihanna. Yeah. Is uh, has a couple of boss songs, but uh, I I think it's because she's curiously a North American um, thing, you know, like she yeah. doesn't seem to have. I don't know if she's left. translated yeah, fully. Maybe she has, but I, I, I certainly don't feel like she's ever yeah. comes across to Europe. Uh, it's obviously a massive deal for Billie Eilish, you know, her her breakout debut record, uh, When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go, which we were fans of when it yeah, came out. We totally. reviewed it when it came out. Um, and she just seems to have, you know, catapulted into this, like, incredible stratosphere of stardom now like there's no stopping her she released a, a song last week that was quite good as well so mm, yeah. there just seems to be no stopping her so it's it's really really great to see somebody so so earlier in, in their career getting I think the Grammy she nod. pretty much shooing for this one right yeah yeah Same. I wouldn't have been that surprised if she wasn't on it um but it's funny lo- looking at the album of the year I can't think of any that I'm like that should be on there my money is on um, either Lana Del Rey or Vampire Weekend. What about Lizzo? Um, I don't know if she'll get the album of the year. Um, I she might get Song of the Year, isn't she in for Truth Hurts? Yeah, she is. I feel like she might get Song of the Year. I don't know if she'll get Album of the Year. Mm. That's my personal opinion. Yeah, uh, and then for Record of the Year, which is different. Um, for some so reason, I, I think Record of the Year is like everybody who's been involved in so mixing and mastering and production and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, are, are taking into consideration. And these, and these are all songs <coughs> as well. So yeah, they're all songs, so they're not albums. So, so it's uh, Bonnie Vare, Hey Ma, uh, Billy Eilish, Bad Guy. I would have put When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go, and Over Bad Guy there. But uh, Ariana Grande, Seven Rings, terrible song. What on earth is it doing there being nominated? Uh, her again, Hard Place, uh, Khalid Talk, Lil Nas X, Old Town Road. Probably, probably a good shout to like sum yeah. up the year. I think I guess. there's probably a consideration in record of the year for its commercial viability. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that might be something that actually is a factor. In Maybe song. yeah. And then Lizzo truths hurt, truth hurts and Post Malone Sunflower, which I'm really happy to see there. And Lil Nas X, the album is not actually an album; it's an EP, right? Are you releasing? Yeah, it's an EP in the album of the year. Well done. He did that well. Uh, um, songs, right? Lady Gaga, always remember us this way. Do you know that song? Uh, <laughs> I've never heard that song. 
Is it, is it from, from the film? The film? Star is Born, yeah. Oh, right. Okay. It's from the film. That makes not sense. The, film, the song from the film. It's not that song yeah. that I, even, even I, mere mortal who <laughs> has avoided the film, uh, hasn't seen. Yeah. Again, it's all, I, I don't know Tanya Tucker, Bring My Flowers Now. No. Either from Song of the that. Year. Uh, Taylor Swift, Lover, um, Billie Eilish, Bad Guy Again, Lana Del Rey, Norman fucking Rock- Rockwell, Lewis Capaldi, Someone You Loved, bit of a nod there uh, mm. to the other side of the ocean, and Lizzo Truth Hurts. Um, I, I think a really kind of standard, nothing jumping out too much there. I, I would have liked to see Vampire Weekend's, um, what is it called? Big song, song of the summer. This life. Yeah, I would like to see this life. Of course, there. you would have. You yeah. love that album. I love. Well, I love and that album. Love I weekend. really love that song. Well, the um, fact that they're in here at all is uh, pretty uh, good for them. You know. Yeah, it's good for them it's to usually... get album of the year, but they won't win all album of the year. Yeah. I don't think. I'd like them to, but best new artists: Black Pumas. Don't know who they are. Uh, Billie Eilish, uh, Little Nas X, Lizzo, Maggie Rogers, Rosalia is in there, um, which is uh, quite significant, seeing as she's a Spanish-speaking uh, artist primarily. Yeah. Um, she won, uh, was it the Latin Grammys around last week that she was performed at? I didn't see, no. She performed something and did an amazing job as usual, you know, usual. Yeah. And then Tank and the Bangas, who are a band who uh, played Sugar Club recently, um, they uh, are kind of jazzy, kind of hip-hop, kind of buzz, uh, soul buzz, they're a good band, and Yola, who I've never heard of. Mm-hmm. Um, and then further on the list, anything else of interest there? Um, best rap album, uh, Tyler the Creator is in there. But not in the main album, which people are, are wondering about. Uh, also in there is 21 Savage, uh, YBN Corday, Meek Mill and Dreamville. Uh, best Rap Song, The uh, Baby, Nipsey Hustle, 21 Savage, Rick Ross, YBN Corday, all in there. Um, uh, I think Best Alternative Music Album is a really strong list. Uh, you got Big Thief, UFOF, James Blake, Assume Form, Bonnie Bear, I.I., I. Uh, Vampire Weekend, Father of the Bride, and Tom York, Anima. Mm. Um, I'd I'd really love to see either Tom York or Big Thief take that one. Um, that yeah. would just be that would make me happy. Um, Even James Blake, I'd be happy with that. James Blake as well, yeah. Like that that was. I th- I think I forget how good it was because it came out so long ago, it was so early in the year. But as a really really stunning album. But yeah, I mean. Look, the gra- the Grammys are the Grammys. They're an opportunity. It's always interesting to, kinda... to look at the dance stuff in terms of how uh, close to reality that the Grammys are. So, Oh, you can tell me about this then. Yeah. <laughs> well, best dance recording, Bonobo Linked. That's an interesting choice. The Camera Brothers, Got to Keep On. That makes sense. Medusa, Peace of Your Heart. Rufus the Soul. I actually don't know that one. Skrillex and Boys Noise are on this as well. Uh, and best dance electronic album, Apparat, LB5, not their best work. Uh, Chemical Brothers, No Geography, Flume, Hi, Does This Flume Mixtape, that's a good ch- shout. Mm. And Tycho, Weather. Um, I don't think it's been a very strong uh, year for electronic albums overall, but I may revise that statement in a, in the next couple of weeks once I go through everything I've been listening to and figure that one out. Uh, the Beastie Boys were nominated for Best Spoken Word Album for their uh, audiobook. Along with Michelle Obama. <laughs> so there you go. That's bad. Um, they're in there. And, uh, and then further down the list, I think I'm less interested in anything else, perhaps. Yeah, you got Best Music best Film. Packaging. Yeah, nothing that interesting Holy there. Mode. Bonnie Bear's in best there. Best album well. notes. How do you even. Okay, cool. 
Fine. Uh, Jack Antonoff is up for Producer of the Year, non-classical, along with Dan Auerbach, John Hill, Phineas, and Ricky Reed. So that's I reckon Jack Antonoff probably has that. And FKA Twigs' Cellophone is among the uh, nominations for Best Music Video, mm-hmm. along with Tove Lowe, Glad He's Gone, Little Nas X, um, Gary Clark Jr., and the camera brothers we got to try. So, yeah. Is there anything in these lists that stands out to you as surprising, or do you reckon it's just That's a fair standard to me? I think. Fair summation of the year. I'd it say. seems maybe younger than usual, yeah. but I'd say what happens in the actual uh, broadcast is they, you know, they put on all of the vintage and heritage stuff, and then it starts to feel less. Uh, current <laughs> yeah that's true yeah you know they have to get people in there like wasn't yeah. it last year that like jennifer lopez like sang motown songs and you're like oh no but didn't she mime them like, yeah there was some kind of right, yeah. controversy there we, we yeah. talked about this on the podcast i think I so yeah i'm having flashbacks yeah. yeah i think in terms of album and songs of the year anyway and to a lesser extent best new artist gender seems to be pretty balanced a lot of a lot of great women in there so mm. i don't think there's going to be too much uproar this year about it um well if you want to set your calendars for when the grammys are on it's yeah when Mon- are they on it's monday February. 27th of january oh january is yeah. it okay um, yeah so we'll probably it. do some kind of episode of the podcast we, might, we may it. talk about it again i'm sure yeah um what else has been going on and um, well looking ahead to next year uh paul mccartney's playing glastonbury do you see how he announced it i didn't see how he announced it no there was a triptych of like pictures black and white pictures of philip glass emma stone and chuck berry oh is that what that glass was glass berry yeah ah that's good ah uh, so there you go that's been confirmed um if anyone's going to glastonbury i know we have a big irish contingent always going to glastonbury so mm. you ever been no I've no been once. Far, far too many people i wouldn't be able for it. i can't go <laughs> to electric picnic man like I, there's no it's, way it's very big you can't escape it's absolutely no way like i watch it every year on on telly and Anytime they're showing like the pyramid stage or like any of the big stages, I'm like, there's no way. There's absolutely no way I could do that. It's massive. I think I'd have to have all comforts at this point to be able to go again. I'd have to be staying in like a nearby. So you, you can't really stay place. nearby because it's Can so big. So you have to stay on site. But there's loads of like they do these pods and like mini hotel things and all that kind of stuff that you can stay in. Yeah, if I have a bit of so that. You could I'd do that. Okay. Yeah, uh, that's possible. Um, something I read today that I thought was interesting. Um, there's an app at the moment that's raised a bunch of money because it's uh, got a lot of hype. It's called Mix Halo. Mm-hmm. Right. So Mix Halo is an app that uh, for live gigs and events that allows you to hear the mu- mix of the musicians coming right off the venue soundboard as the band themselves are hearing it. So the reason I bring this up is because. So that you wear, wear earphones? You wear headphones or earphones and connect to an app that connects to a radio frequency that's nearby. So this is. This for, is exactly what live music has needed for the thousands of millions yeah, of years yeah. that finally we have this app. <laughs> well, like, so this is what I want to talk about because, like, it's always, it's all this talk about premium audio and tethered from location at live experiences. And new opportunities emerge. Like I'll go home and listen on to stage the VIP seating or an audio upgrade in the nosebleeds. Customize the listening experience with volume control and tune into another stage or a specific band member with the multi-mix feature. No. So one of the things is like, oh, there's this Quartz article is like, Mix Halo is the future of live music. Right. <laughs> it ignores the the actual uh, com- communal experience, surely. Oh, to do like, that. going to gig and put on the headphones. And I was like, hold on, Sun Disco was a lot of fun, actually. Mm, like, <laughs> so maybe it's not the worst thing in the world. Um, oh, no, no, the, this is this is by far the worst thing in the world. Like, the, there's no way. It's not that the worst this, thing in the world. 
Uh, there's, it's there, not great. There but, are fewer um, things worse than but this. But maybe it would be fun. It wouldn't. No, it'd be awful. It'd be absolutely terrible. You couldn't talk to your mates because they're... Not that you should, not that I condone talking to your mates at gigs, but you know, if you're at a big pop gig, yeah, it completely destroys the idea of communal music. You're going to miss out on makes like makes it a bit harder to actually vibe with your mates in the same way that like you will be vibing them in, in the same way that you're like looking at them at a silent disco. You're yeah, like mouthing the words basically. But there's also like the why? Why do you go to a live gig? You go so that you can hear what the musicians sound like when I'm they're sure playing there's live. Plenty of, yeah, but they would like, what if it's completely accurate? You know, we've all been to gigs where oh, the sound was terrible. This, this I'm just, just playing sounds, devil's advocate here. Like, this just sounds like those people who claim that if you buy like a gold like lead from your guitar to your amp, it's going to make your guitar sound better. Do yeah. you know? Like, it just, it sounds like people developing tech for the sake of it. Mm. And I hate this <laughs> a lot i so hate it in the quartz article which is uh, this guy goes to an incubus gig and stands side of stage using this app right and he said but for anyone concerned with technology like mix halo would cut them off from the camaraderie of a live show or from you know the actual experience of being an event in person don't fret when incubus played drive at the concert everyone who was demoing the technology was singing along and smiling with those around them and because they had the feed from the soundboard going right into their ears they were on beat and in tune it was simply one of the most enjoyable live concerts I've ever experienced because I could actually hear it. It sounds like, that sounds yeah. like avatorial, to be honest. Um, yeah, was, uh, you wonder <laughs> if the reason why people were smiling while they were enjoying the app was because they knew the people who owned the app were watching them And they were the also side time. stage as well, so even that is enough. Yeah, no, no, anyway, I hate it. Apparently there's a lot of buzz about this app at the moment. It could be one of those things that just disappears, like, uh, whatever, you know, in the next couple of years. And oh, yeah, no, this is, this is uh, like, I'll put money on this not being the future of live music. Okay, well, to move from something negative to something positive, uh, as we talked last week, we are going to have a reason to be cheerful every yes. week. So, um, because there's enough negativity in the world and we'd like to talk about some positive things because yes. we don't always get to talk about positive things. Now, there's so, some weeks we come in here and we're like, oh God, the news is bad. <laughs> so, do you have a reason to be cheerful this week? Yes. Tell me what it is. It's Harry Styles. It's Harry Styles on SNL? As a concept. Just him being back in the world, back in front of people. Uh, he was fantastic on SNL. I actually, I genuinely thought he was quite funny. He's um, good. He's a good actor, and uh, yeah, I thought he was pretty good. I watched. He's the whole just thing. Yeah. like he's charisma for days. Uh, he's brilliant. I thought his live performances were great. He's announced the album. He's announced the Dublin date for the tour, um, and it's just it's coming into Harry Styles season again. And I, for one, find that to be a reason to be sure. <laughs> Harry Styles season. Yeah. Who's supporting him again? Oh, King Princess is. Yes. Yeah. 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 When yeah. is the gig on? Uh, on the nineteenth of April. Very good. In the uh, yeah, I thought he was very good. Obviously, he was in Dunkirk and and flexed his act, acting muscles recently. But I thought he's yeah, he's very charismatic. Obviously, yeah, yeah. I'm less interested in his music, obviously, yeah, for myself. But that's um, fine. I, I, I he, think yeah, like for an he's, SNL host, he did really well in terms of his music. Like, there's nothing he's done since One Direction that's really kind of like hit me in any way. But I could kind of just listen to his voice sing anything. He really does have a beautiful singing voice um, that I don't know if any of his work so far has done it justice. So I'm definitely interested to 
see what the album brings and if he does do more of that kind of experimental 60s stuff that he was talking about in that Rolling Stones interview uh, that came out during the summertime mm, or yeah, September great, yeah. Um, but yeah just a reason to be cheerful Harry Styles back in my life and Harry I, Styles has style right he, he's, he's just he's the best boy in the world <laughs> and he's so nice and kind very good my reason to be cheerful this week is actually kind of uh, I just realised could have waited till the end but I'll share it now because I was uh, I was watching uh, This my reason to be cheerful is Top of the Pops 1998 on uh, BBC Two um, when they're showing it on TV because I was watching episodes of it last night uh-huh. and I just really enjoyed watching some terrible music but also mostly good music. Mm-hmm. So the ones last night I watched uh, the likes of uh, Bomb the Bass which is a song I completely forgot about Don't Make Me Wait. Uh, Yaz, The Only Way Is Up. You remember that song? Oh yeah. Uh, the Only Way Is Up. It's a um, very, very strong song. <clears throat> yeah, it's great. It was number one for years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> According well, like when you watch these shows sequentially as they're reshowed uh, on TV, like it's like and number one again is Yaz, and uh, and then he overtaken by Phil Collins, this really dreary Phil Collins song. He just like he just stands out so badly in yeah. like his. Uh, he, there's a music video of him where he's just watching like video footage of like an ex partner, and he's in this like like warehouse essentially and you're like that sounds like that uh that hosier video where he's watching his own music video and crying (laughs) oh yeah oh dear (laughs) um and then there was like i mean some bad stuff in there but i still kind of enjoyed watching it like the proclaimers were on it and stuff like that here don't lump them in with bad stuff you'd never heard of before uh as well or you've forgotten about all these like completely 80s curios was it weird to watch it with the with like how heavily everybody was miming or do you just you, kind of yeah. give yourself over to it? You just give yourself over to yeah. it, yeah. Like, I was watching S-Express do a team from S-Express, and it's like, nothing was plugged in. No, no. <laughs> All the microphones just, like, stop uh, about an inch away from yeah. where it's supposed to be. Oh, like, none of the guitars of leads coming yeah. out of them or anything. Like, but it's, it's good, so it's funny. good. It's yeah. a, it's a, I think, were you two the first band to play live on were they? Top of the Pops? Oh, that's good trivia. I feel like they were. I feel like that might have come up in a quiz before, but I, I might be entirely wrong, oh, but I think... Good think um, that might it's might actually a good case. time for me to be watching this personally because as it turns out we are doing an 80s night at lumo this saturday Ooh. so i've been listening to a lot of like mega mixes and maxi mixes and uh kind of mini mixes yeah no no not mini mixes. mono mixes <laughs> medley mixes movie uh, mixes all sorts of stuff um from the 80s so uh we're looking forward to that it's a saturday in tengu so it was kind of ended up being a bit of like oh yeah that song i'm definitely gonna play that song excellent you know like just good 80s tunes that's yeah. what we want and a bit of bit of weird stuff as well obviously um and before i i finish on the gig front um well first of all you did a, you hosted a q a last night i did i hosted a q a uh in the lighthouse cinema uh for the film uh a dog called money um i interviewed seamus murphy who's the uh director filmmaker the you know the brains behind it um about his time spent in it was afghanistan kosovo and washington kosovo and washington dc yeah um so himself and uh pj harvey went on these kind of like field excursions to gather i guess inspiration for for their works kind of separately and then when she went back to Somerset House in London to record, he stuck around and they had a kind of an, an art installation there. And uh, last night was the uh, was a preview of it. It comes out on Friday. It's an interesting film. Um, 
it's definitely not a documentary about PJ Harvey. No. Nor is it really a documentary about an, anything specific in any of the locations. It def, it's definitely like drawn together by certain themes of, you know, kind of, well, for, for me, anyway, you know, like culture winning out over like horrible circumstances like war, poverty and all, all these kind of things. And um, yeah, it's definitely an, an, a, a really, really interesting watch. I had like a couple of moments in it where I was like, I don't know if I need to be looking at PJ Harvey, looking at people yeah. here. But like Seamus Murphy's talent as a filmmaker is just so kind of staggering that you kind of forget about that after a while and you're just sort of bowled over by the imagery that you're looking at. I'm definitely going to get my hands on the book that they did together as well as book of her poetry and his um, photographs that he took on those cool. trips as well. Very good. But yeah, Q&A was great. Um, those people came out for it and people asked really interesting questions at the end. There was no, um, this is more of a statement than a question. Um, thankfully. But well done, yeah, that was very fun. Well yeah, well done, guys. <laughs> okay, speaking of other events we have on this week, uh, tonight, if you're listening to this on Thursday, Fresh Mode is back in the well. We had a nice night last week with the Melina Malone and uh, Javaris, which was good buzz. But uh, tonight we have uh, something special. Um, God knows Denise Chyla and uh, Bantam doing a collaborative set along with Say La Vida May from Galway. That's going to be fun. And then next Thursday, the 28th, is Nilo, uh, Pat Lagoon, and Tebby Rex. So huge. And then I go to other voices and Dingle for the weekend. Can't right. wait for that. That's another reason to be cheerful. Yeah, and that's where we leave our section of reasons to be cheerful and our news section. Um, we're going to uh, pass it over to Luke Sharkey, who uh, met Luke. our in our reviewee reviewed album last week. The makers of our reviewed album, uh, Mango and Mathman, in a Dublin pub to discuss the album Casual Work, which has just been released. I've been listening to a lot actually. Me too. I'm yeah. finding it very very strong, and I could uh, end up very high on my end of year lists at the moment, but. At the moment, uh, yeah, it's great. I'm really enjoying it. But Luke sat down with the two lads in the pub last Thursday and had a chat with them about uh, the album and their process. And here is a listen to that chat. Don't walk away. Don't walk away. Don't walk away. No more hanging on the blocks now. Seven towers is a knockdown. Generation shot down. Some gave up, but then I stayed here when they got down. Getting up, getting high, getting down, getting nowhere. Halfway good, you don't care. Gotta leave, but I don't know where. Now I don't know where. So, so we stay stranded. But it's not how we planned it. Everything telling me I can't quit. And I can't understand it. So, we'll see through these hard times to lead to me. We belong in this deep blue sea. We belong in this deep blue sea. So I'm here amid the hustle and bustle of Mary's just off Grafton Street and I'm fortunate enough to be joined by Mango Mathman. Thank you so much what's for joining up, what's me. Up? What's happening bro? What's happening? Um, so we're fresh off the release of your debut long form, Casual Work. Congratulations on the release. Thanks so much man. Thank you. It really means a lot. Um, so delighted you to have a chat with me and I'd love to just jump right in. And I thought it'd be fitting enough that we'd meet somewhere in the city. 
because to me, yous are two Ireland's that are synonymous with Dublin City, synonymous with being from Dublin, and I suppose I'd love to start by asking you, what is the relevance of where you're from to what you do? Walk away, I think I said enough. <laughs> What's the relevance uh, to where we're from, to the music and the art we make, yeah? Absolutely, yeah. Um, we are all products of our environment. Yes. And we've heard stories from great British musicians and great Irish musicians and American and African and from wherever else in the world you choose to listen to your music from. Um, but all of those artists create art based on the experiences and the life that they've lived in a particular place. Dublin City oozes into us and has oozed into us since we were born. Through our parents, through our uncles, the areas that we grew up in, um, the city and the architecture. And this city has really kind of moulded both of us into who we are today. So as a byproduct to who we are and what we do, our art is going to bleed blue. Our art is going to be a reflection of the city that we grew up and grew up in and the city that we love so much. So um, Dublin is an integral, if not the most important component to, um, to our art because um, we're very proud of where we come from and we're very proud of who we are and what we represent um, and we want Dublin to be recognised and the great people and the great art that comes from here to be recognised and we want to we play our part in that too Fantastic um, like I was talking to uh, Mazer about this and like he really inspired me to use the city as a canvas so he views the city as a canvas to work on and take things from, but also put stuff on it. And I found that it was such a fucking great way of looking at it that that is a reflection of what we do as well. It's like, this is a canvas, but it's also something that forms it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, yeah, I mean, it's universal teams. I think people from all over Ireland and all over, you know, the world can get, you know, shit jobs and neoliberalism and breaking up of birds I think that's you know the world over but yeah it has to be informed what we do and what any like artists that we're into I feel like hold a mirror up to the world and say or to your society or your peer group or your friends go what do you what do you like do you like to look at yourselves and that mirror that we're holding up that's reflective of Dublin City you know yeah yeah for sure but is it a slightly uh, what you'd call uh like a bittersweet relationship. I mean, obviously, Dublin City is a fantastic city, but it's not necessarily the most f friendly or inviting place for creatives to try and come and make a living and make a name. So it's not all golden, is it? Or sure, I was late coming here because I was in work. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's not, it's great. It is bittersweet. Like, it's shit and it's great and we love it and we hate it. But I don't know, we can just do our part. We're just two lads making rap music do you know what I mean so I don't know where, what else we can do like if if our album or our music or whatever we do kind of even no surrender to gigs we do if that instills some sort of pride or you know, boot up the arse to kind of go out and do something and realise people, pow people power fantastic but I don't think that's something we sit down to do 
No, we're not Rage Against the Machine here, do you know? Yeah, yeah. No, no, absolutely not. But our, our art is, um, and what we do and how we live is, um, it completely rejects what's happening around us. So who we are, just by the very nature of who we are, we're not going to allow that to, to, to happen. If we have a, a voice and a, and a platform to say something and make people become more aware about what's happening in the city and um, how hard it is, um, to, to live here, not just this is not even talking from an artistic point of view, just for life for an, an everyday person, um, and how this city is changing for, for the worse, um, and becoming another bland, sterile European city with the same stuff in it that, that every other European city has. You know, the, the character and um, the essence and the soul of Dublin is being wiped away um, by our council and, uh, councillors and politicians. It's just not right. So, um, we can't just sit here and allow it to happen, and we can't just sit here and, and watch Dublin be destroyed. We care about it that much, so we're naturally going to say something about it. Um, and as Mango said, as artists, um, you've got to be reflective of the environment on which you're in, but also hold a sign or a, um, hold a mirror up to society and say, This is a sign of the times, look what's happening. Um, and I think that's what artists should do. Um, because it's very, very important. So, when you're going in to write the album and in the stages where the album is still being put together and compiled and structured, how important or how conscious a thought of it is saying we're going to get the highs and lows of a life and life in general in Dublin City. We're just not going to be overly negative. We're not going to be overly positive. We're going to catch up for the reals and get the ups and the downs. Because, I mean, you have tracks like Bread and Butter and then you have tracks like any other place. So you're saying both in the same breath or in the same release. So how conscious of thought in the writing process was it to say we're going to get both of these things in there? It was completely natural, completely natural. And it wasn't something that we sat down and said, right, well, you know, it's too gloomy or it's too not. Like, it was kind of just like the best songs that told the story. Uh, and in old stories and, you know, most things we do, there's a resolution and there's highs and lows and, you know, whatever. But, you know... The, they were written lyrically anyway they were written um, far apart if you will so I wrote um, Any Other Place years ago and you know might have been another year since I'd written Bread and Butter or you know um, Mad Thing was uh, one of the last things we did so it wasn't like oh we need to fill this 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 it, it was literally just like me writing my life so you know, Matman sends me beats and whatever just catches emotionally to me and inspires me, I get onto that. And he, his emotions, and you know, I don't want to speak for himself, but like for usual, his emotions will come through his music as the same with my lyrics. So I just pick up on how I'm feeling. Like if I'm feeling heartbroken, uh, you know, the lonely night or the memories or, you know, those beats, those come through when I wrote them and in complete isolation of... The arch, I think we kind of built it more as we were doing it, reckon? Yeah, totally, totally. But also at the same time, um, Dublin is beauty and the beast. You know, nothing in life is, is one so way. So are we. You know, it's... What? <laughs> so are we. <laughs> hey, for real, bro. For real. Beauty and the beats. <laughs> but that's life, man. I mean, there's dark and there's light. Um, and Dublin is great, but Dublin is horrible at the same time, you know, and life is great and life is horrible at, at some at some points in it. So that's what the, the reflection in terms of what this whole album represents 
it's kind of like what we were talking about off mic. You know, we're multifaceted human beings. We've For got sure. many emotions, and we some days are great and some days are horrible, and we go through shit, and then we have magnificent moments in our life where you know nothing could be better. That's just real life reflected through the art and the music that you hear. So, um, I think it's just a true reflection of who we are as you know as humans. Yeah, and then as a as a subtext, what Dublin City is as well, you know, the, the beauty and the beast. For sure. And even the personal journey, and I mean, like, you launch from bread and butter into a track like Deep Blue, and, like, the opening line is, like, been through the highs and lows. And, like, yeah. the album certainly sounds like a journey or progression, both personally and artistically, through highs and lows together, uh, and as individual artists. And I wonder, for maybe for some of our listeners who haven't had the chance to check out the album yet, is there a succinct way that you could describe the narrative or the story of casual work as a piece of art? Is there a way you could talk about the album or describe the story in the album as a piece of work? What is going on? So basically, I was sent back in time to kill Sarah Connor, this woman, right? Yeah. And I have to shoot her. But there's, it, it gets a bit mixy well, and hazy. Paddy Losty, I met the Paddy Losty. Then Brian Cares in the sequel. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no, like if I was to describe casual work, it'd be like um, this is like this is the real life. This is not like the best bits on Instagram. This is the real life. It's what it is. It's the it's the second growing up. I feel that a lot of lads and maybe women do, but I'm only speaking from my own ex- For sure. experience. You know. And just from conversations I've had, but I was noticing traits in them, like I've noticed myself and traits that he noticed in me. You know, the second kind of growing up, you know, you do your adolescence and then you're thrust into a world as a man who has to get it right and know what the fuck he's doing. And a lot of us having the fucking breeze and we don't know what's going on because all the rules we were told growing up have completely changed. So it's which me dad did a great job of telling me, here's how to be, blah, blah, blah. You know, the world that he existed in when he was growing up the second time isn't the same for me. So it's about figuring out what kind of person you want to be while growing up. Yeah. So there's a lot of things with, like, it's, I don't want to, it sounds mad corny, but, like, when you face adversity, I was always told growing up, like, it's not, like, how bad you can get hit. It's about getting hit and how many times you can get up and what you learn yeah, yeah, yeah. from those lessons. And, you know, there's a self-reflection there on memories when, you know, I probably wasn't the best boyfriend and I probably wasn't the best partner to somebody. But in a reflective view, I've learned why that was and what I can improve on and be better at doing. And sure. I think, you know, on Lord Harris is like that when I thought I had to be a fucking hard man and do this and, you know, um, but they're, they're just like lessons in life. Like said and done, there's a lot of self-reflection going, right, all this shit's happened. But what does that mean now? And that's what I was trying to... That's what I feel listening to it now. That's what I think I was going for, maybe subconsciously. And was there was there ever a doubt that this was... There was, was never was a doubt. <laughs> <that> <laughs> I'm sorry, you messing. <laughs> Keep it a hundred round here. question. <laughs> was there ever a doubt that this was going to be the story behind the first album? Nah, this was the story. This was the story. I mean, we talked about it. We talked about it like five years ago as to, as yeah. to what this would be, you know. Even the, the album name at that, that time was, was exactly as it is now, you know. And the, the plan always was to make this about that particular point in Mango's life where a lot of mad shit happened, a lot of dark shit, and then 
the transition from all that toxicity into something much more positive and much more mature and progressive. So, um, no, that was always, always the plan, man. Yeah. And uh, loosely speaking, over how long a period does casual work take place? Not how long it took you to write, but from the beginning of the uh, album until they said and done. How long is that? I would say from... No, it's all a mishmash because like even though like any other place at the end of the album that kind of would have been a younger mango but um, I'd say like 20 to maybe 24 25 so 5 years there yeah, thereabouts there thereabouts no actually probably maybe even less might be yeah I'd say maybe no I wouldn't have been 20 20 I was just fucking building bush shelters doing nothing I hadn't learned I wasn't growing up any time around 20 uh, so yeah, probably about twenty-two to twenty-five, maybe and, less. Yeah. And like, how soon into the writing process did the idea of the uh, the interludes, say, just the vocals, um, say like the chin up and stuff like that? How into the fire into the writing process did they come along? They were quite late, weren't they? Yeah. So I, because I, they framed the, the album exactly. In an so sense. we couldn't frame the album until we had all of the material, and until we have the song structure and all of the, the, the songs written. And when they're all written, and the hardest part for us was the sequencing, you know, what, what is the narrative of this story? And then the, the sonic narrative about the darkness into the much more positive and- Because we knew the story, but it's about translating it for yeah. everyone else, yeah. Exactly, yeah, sure. So when that, was all, when, that, when that was all ready, it didn't seem, this, the, the narrative of the story didn't seem consistent. And it didn't seem fluid enough without the interludes. So we, we had always planned to do with the interludes, but we didn't know what they would be until the actual song structures or, or the sequence of the album had been laid out. And then it was about, okay, we need this for this particular section, we need that for that particular section, just to reinforce the whole story of, uh, of the album. Like even through the fluidity of stuff, like we always knew there was going to be a couple of them. But you know, there was one that was dropped off here, and this was put in there instead. But like you know, you go from Lord Hears to Lonely Night, like through an album without something there to bleed together. You know, it's like a film. Like there's no, you can't just go from a gunshot sequence to somebody you know having a deep introspective moment. There has to be that the bridge, preamble, the preamble, the bridge. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's when we decided we. We kind of knew where we were going, but we seen the gaps, and that was the interludes. Yeah, yeah I wasn't yeah. writing another fucking song. <laughs> For real. For sure. He and I mean, the like, mic up at that point. <laughs> how, how many reincarnations or incarnations of casual work was there over the years? Uh, Sequence-wise? Yeah. There's probably about, honestly, there's probably about close to 20 on my on my PC at home anyway because I have a figure here of beats in the album and it's 650 and I picked it up I that's think, a your conservative page. estimation if I'm Seriously, really honest that, it might actually be a lot more yeah 650 beats is yeah. a lot Min- no that's I'd like say 650 minimum. that I knew yeah. were like gonna be on the album but like there was other beats sent there going like you know because we did the EP in the middle of it so there was all the beats for that um, but they're like all the all the serious stuff that 
you know, we felt was like top, top, top tier. Not shitting on weed up at all, but that is a specific sound and sonically. But yeah, 650, as he says, conservative. This man fucking is a beat machine. And I'm not talking like a half scrap, one minute idea. I need to put some bass on this shit. Like, sometimes any fully formed beats. Tunes like. Tunes. I'd bop to acapella. Just send through. So, yeah. Just wondering then, like, because obviously at certain points in the album, a couple of the intermissions say, like, give us a call and I have an idea. Kind of hint that, not a conflict, but a, a falling off period in your working relationship. And I mean, I would ask, in the, in the span of this album being written and thought of and composed and recorded, how the working relationship and dynamic between the two years has evolved and changed? We were making this album for such a long time that we, we, and having known each other, you know, for nearly close to 10 years now, we've, we've grown up together, but we've, we've grown up in a very particular, in a weird time in our life where a lot of this stuff is going on. This is not normal. This is not a normal way to fucking, for a relationship to mature or to grow, you know, because it, it's, it's yeah, not yeah. like, you know, we, we're, <laughs> we're like, we're mates off the block and I've known you since you're six and I know everything about you or... Um, our relationship is like forged over fucking your formative years from like fucking 10 till 16, 17, 18. Like we got together in our, you know, very, very early 20s and learned to become friends through our art first, first and foremost. But then our relationship as mates started to develop outside of that. And, you know, I'm a, I'll be honest, um, I'm a, I'm a perfectionist about everything that I do and if the people around me are not up, matching my standards I'll let you know you know and in hindsight it's very hard to ask people to, to, to match your own passion or your own perfection to something it's unfair it's unfair but I never looked at it like that and it was a period of time where Mango was actually going through a, a very hard time in his life that our relationship hadn't developed to, to the point where he could have that conversation with me and open up to me and say, look, this is what's going on. He'd only tell me little bits. And I was too focused on going, what the fuck are you doing, man? We could be fucking making, we could be making great records here, or great records there. Come on, man, like, you know, pull your jocks up, let's get it going, you know? And not in a way where I was fucking talking down to him or patronising. I was like, listen, bro, look at that, you, in a, a nice Roy <laughs> Kane nice way. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> a nice Roy Kane. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know the way Roy Kane can just be a bit too much like, ah, leave it now. I want to love Roy Kane. Yeah, okay. But that dedication, that focus of going like, but why aren't you doing, you, you're doing the same thing as me. Why aren't you going 100%? And I totally understand that. And that's how I am now with a lot of things in my life that I learned from him. Because it's actually a great way to, to be because you don't dick around. But yeah, it, it, it was to kick up the ass and... So, it's what you need, man. Do you know what I mean? Like, you need that captain on the team to be like, yo, what the fuck? Pull your fucking socks up, let's go. Do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, you know like, the, the relationship has changed loads, man. Massively. And here's the thing, right? The, the backbone and foundation to any great relationship, no matter who it is in your life, parents... Great tunes. You know? <laughs> and points. <laughs> you know? Great tunes and points is literally the answer. <laughs> But honesty is, honesty is the backbone to, to all of it. And if you can't be honest with the fucking people closest to you, then the whole thing is a charade, literally. So we, our relationship has, has grown and matured to the point now. Like we're, we're fucking grown-ups, you know what I mean? Um, 
we have to take responsibility for our actions and, and how we interact with people. You know, and I, I've had to apologise to Mango for, for many a gobshoy thing that I've done over time, you know. Um, but that's learning, that's growing, and that's evolving, and that's how a relationship um, between two mates should be. Um, but it wasn't like that always, and you heard bits of it on, on the album. That's fantastic. Well, I think that's all I need. Thank you both so, so much for yeah, joining me. Lugi. Yep. Casual work is out Thanks, now. Brother. Thank Appreciate you so much. It. Trainer, old head, new rapper, no dreads, new mango, cold red, got true family, got no friends, I drop a track and they're scrambling, so shot to the champion gambling, throw bucks, I'm handling, to the road up in the ambulance, when I'm back in the scene, in the back with the band, with your back with the speed, with the back of my hands, with your back of your mind, but my back in the mind, we can really go, really go back with the mind, back to the blocks of personal bikes, back to the Celtic shirts and die, back before one murder tracks, back to spitting on curves and lies with no dough, no jobs, no hope, no cause, you so dope, but you go us, and I go coast, you go fast, with nothing to do. Room of the crew, just a couple of truths with nothing to lose. Hustle for loot, you want the booze, you stuck in the loot. Run from the blues, coppers were watching. Squad guys are knocking, so what took stock of my options? Instead of stopping, get up, it's a way to watch no gossip. Up no snot, no bollocks, I only watch that profit. You never got that, so stop it because we came up from nothing. Jesus states we were stuck in, so we hustled for years until we made it to something. I said we came up from nothing. Jesus states we were stuck in, so we hustled for years until we made it to something. Thanks to Luke Sharkey and to Mango and Matman for that chat. Uh, <laughs> nice, buzzy Dublin pub vibe in November. I, I love those kind of chats, Good though, chats. when you can hear a bit of atmosphere in the background. Yeah. It's nice, yeah. <laughs> and uh, hope Sarah Connor's not uh, over your shoulder looking for you somewhere. I hope, hope she's okay, hon. <laughs> <laughs> so it's time for Tracks of the Week. We're going to move on to our first track of the week, which is from Grimes. She's back. It's called So Heavy, I Fell Through the Earth. And it sounds like this. Grimes with So Heavy I Fell Through the Earth, um, a new track from her, and it came out last Friday. Turns out the album Misanthropocene is coming out on February 21st, so it is happening. Um, it's her fifth studio album. A uh, number of things to note about the album itself. Uh, we Appreciate Power, the song that's not very good, it's no. not on it. Ah! Yeah. Did, do you think she listened to the podcast? <laughs> I think she listened to more than the podcast. Yeah. She listened to a lot of people. <laughs> the outcry. Um, yeah, not a great song. So that no. doesn't feature on it, but the previous song that she released uh, recently, Violence, is on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like this song. It's kind of old, old kind of grimes. It's mm. not like, let's throw loads of things at it and make a sci-fi, like cyberpunk, uh, electronic uh, masterpiece. Uh, mm. It's more like, it's floaty. It's more... Um, hypnotic and something about it reminds me of Enya. Yeah. Maybe it's just the vocals. I'm not I sure. Can, I can kind of dig that. Yeah. The main line through it is so heavy I fell through the earth because I'm full of love for you. 
Which I I love that lyric actually. I think that's really lovely. It's a it's a really nice image. Yeah, I like this. Um, I think it goes on a bit. It's a bit long. For There's me. two versions of it now. All right, I must have listened to the long version. There's the yeah, the art mix is six and a half minutes, and the yeah. algorithm mix is three and a half. God, she's so good. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, I suppose it's not an AI version as well. Yeah, um, no, I do like this. It's definitely in that kind of earlier Grimes wheelhouse. Uh, she's not really reinventing the wheel with it in terms of her own personal sound but I like that about it I kind of feel like the last few releases since the last record have just been like a barrage of like like you said how how many things can you throw at a wall and make stick uh whereas this sounds to me to be a little bit more considered uh like I said I I love the lyric running through I think it's a really lovely image and it 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 goes well with the kind of sonic mood of the mm. track. So, yeah, I'm not, you know, it's not going to make any lists for me or anything. But No, but I just think it's a nice thing to hear from the album. So, yeah. you know, that there's maybe a bit of shade in there. Yes. For sure. Yeah. Um, cool. Is that all we had to say about that? That's Grimes? probably yeah. it. Yeah. Fair enough. His <laughs> um, next uh, track is your choice from Hazel English. It's called Shaking. a song called Shaking uh, Dre this is your choice so tell me a bit more about Hazel English yeah so Hazel English is, is one of these artists that I came across on YouTube in 2016 YouTube YouTube uh, www.youtube.com really good out. videos check it on out. it um, it's lots great lots of good content check it out some bad <laughs> um, yeah she's uh, Australian American she's based in California she's yet to release an album um in 2016, the song I came across was a song called I'm Fine. And it's a just a really beautiful, layered, simple melody. It was just one of those songs that just kind of caught me as just being a, a really great pop song. Um, this definitely feels like a development from her. Um, it reminds me a little bit of like a Marika Hackman sort of yeah, yeah, vibe. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a lot more polished. It's less... There's still that kind of bedroom rock vibe from it. Um, I don't think she's signed with anyone for uh, what I assume is going to be an upcoming album. But it's just really nice to kind of hear from someone that, you know, you you were listening to a lot, like one song a lot, like four three or four years ago and then they just appear back yeah, in the earth so again. Often, yeah, it? it's yeah, it's really nice. Um so I really like this song. I think it's it's simple and it buzzes well um nice melody in it nice guitar in it her voice is lovely i think she's like quite young as well so i predict great things for hazel english and have been kind of you know banging that drum for a few years now so i hope, I hope next year we get an album cool yeah good stuff that's hazel english the song is called shaking up next we have a track from crystal clear it's called entre new
it's crystal clear song called Entre New that is from a new EP he released called uh, Cyclia One I believe uh, on the running back label Jerry Johnson's label uh, crystal clear has been knocking out these kind of tracks for the last couple of years most recent uh, most notably um, Neutron Dance was the big hit of 2017 or 18 I want to say I'm not sure I keep forgetting I that which year I just keep hearing it all the time okay. and it hasn't hasn't uh, diminished in uh, popularity or in impact and he had a couple of tracks that were very similar to that afterwards called Euphoric Dreams is one and uh, yeah I'm interested in this uh I think this is the best track from the four tracks that he's released. There's another one called Autobahn on it, which mm-hmm. kind of sounds exactly like you'd expect to sound when you use the word Autobahn. Um, very motoric rhythm and uh, that kind of thing. A uh, bit like Kraftwerk influence maybe as well. Um, I'm interested to see what you think of this. I like it because I like it, but it's balls to the wall. Yeah. All out. No nuance at all no. whatsoever. Um, but I, I kind of enjoy that every now and again. Yeah, it kind of it's just it's more for DJing really as well. Yeah, that's like that's the kind of vibe I got from it. I was when while I was listening to it, um, just on headphones, I was like, yeah, look, there's not a whole lot going on here, but it 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 works for me. Like it's it's really really fun. It's really kind of fast paced. I like the pew pew sounds yeah. towards the end. Can't go wrong with some pew pew. I sounds. like a little pew pew. I like be more that. pew pew sounds. I think in like everything, especially in indie rock, there's hardly none. Like <laughs> whistles, whistles, more, more whistles. No, like less whistles. Actual whistles. Oh no, yeah, like yeah, uh, like that Parquet core song. Yeah, uh, like I want to make a, a whistle song playlist. That Do good ones. Yeah, and not like Peter Bjorn John where somebody whistles, but somebody actually that's blowing a good song. A whistle. But somebody actually blowing a whistle is going to yeah. be so effective. It, only in indie that. rock. No, just generally, but like up, upbeat tunes that are made by like live musicians that have whistles in. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do that. I might do that for the Patreon, in. actually. Yeah, do it. So if you want to sign up for that, um, patreon.com forward slash nine or nine. We appreciate your support. We do. Um, <laughs> price, I price for pint. won't promise that I'll make a pew pew playlist because I probably only know like three songs, but. I have, I have a lot of pew pew. Okay. In my, in my area. In, in your arsenal. In my library. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's crystal clear. Song is called Entree New. And uh, yeah, that's it. Um, this this next one is from Wiki featuring Princess Nokia. It's a song called Dam Dame Aki. Quick trip to the motherland, come back for stacking a rubber band. In the national wing, doing the rest on the shit. And Belgium got too fucked up, try to sleep on a strip. I couldn't sleep on a strip. How can you sleep when you stressed? Punch a window in the Euro Club, cause they play DMX. Got locked up in Stockholm, finally got me some rest. And I popped up, stopped in wrong, got me a check, ooh, Scouts bar, straight out the docks, and Bologna eating bolognese, straight in the house with a pot, got home, got me some guac, so I got a ball, went to PR, fucking my chick at LUK right next to the waterfall, yeet, yeah, yeet, yeet, we overseas, give me the PZ, got me a key. American cheese, get the Paris, switch it to get in the breeze. Head of the pan, get me to get in the yang, get in the queen. All of these places I've been, all of these faces, none of them been. Yeet, yeah, yeet, yeet. We overseas, give me the PC, got me a key. American cheese, get the Paris, switch it to get in the breeze. Head of the pan, get me to get in the yang, get in the queen. All of these places I've been, all of these faces, none of them been. 
run the world and I'm two times back. Three passports and a few new stamps. I miss MTA bus pass. Ever since I got famous, I've been stuck in the cab. Traveling is sure not easy. I love that. That's Wiki with Adama Key featuring Princess Nokia, who you heard there coming in uh, towards the end of the tune. I picked this one for this week, and the reason is I have been listening to Wiki's album Oofy a lot. Mm. this week uh, i'm really enjoying it i think it's one of my favorite rap albums of the year so far um just a track i really enjoy a song in the workman's club i believe it was last year maybe this time last year and that song is kind of like we're on tour it's a tour song yeah but it's you know i like it i like it a lot i like his album i like his vibe i like his old kind of new york style that he has but he's kind of he came from that um, New York trio, I believe they were um, Rat King. They were called. Yeah, had a great album on XL a few years ago, and now he's doing his own thing again. And this is the second album. He's third album, I think he actually has, but his second one since he became peop- known essentially. Mm. And I'm just really enjoying the Wiki album. I think it's fantastic. Um, in contrast to another rap album, I'm not really enjoying this week, which is from DJ Shadow. And I really feel like it just needs to be said. It's not good. Oh, really? It has like, it's like a double album. So it has first album, first part, first disc, or cloud disc, whatever you want to call it. Cloud disc. Is an an album of instrumentals and it's pretty tiresome. And then the second one is like Run the Jewels, Pusha T, Ghostface Killer. All these people are on it. Wiki's on it as well. Right. And it's just poor. It's just bad. I think it's pretty so bad. So you're not actually getting a DJ Shadow album out of either of them. <laughs> well, this is what a DJ Shadow album is yeah. now, apparently. So uh, I just found it pretty poor, to be honest. Um, I will give it another listen to make sure I'm not like, uh, I just wasn't in a bad mood when I heard it. But okay. I think I listened to it twice now and I was like, oh God. Yeah. You know when some one of your favorites is like lost it completely. Yeah. They sound nothing like what they used to sound like. And they're trying to keep up and they're trying to do something different. But you're just like, it just doesn't work. Well, didn't DJ Shadow have that track in the summer with... De La Soul. Yeah, De La that's Soul, on it. you didn't that's like it. I did, yeah, but there's nothing on it like that, really. Mm. Um, I liked that track a lot. It's okay. That song mm. is okay, I think. I don't think it's a strong uh, mm. track for me, really. There you go. Anyway, what do you think of Wiki? Didn't really like it. Not for you? No. I uh, I think Princess Nokia was probably the best bit of it for me. The, the I don't know, something in his voice was kind of grating me a little bit. Um, I like his voice. Yeah, I think maybe I just need to listen to a different song, like the the track in the in the back as well. I would have liked to hear it do something else a little bit. Give like, it a go and see what you think. Just out of interest. Yeah, I, I will. Yeah, um, no, this track didn't grab me. Um, I thought I thought she was great on it, but she's kind of great no matter what she does. She's just announced to play a gig here. Uh, I think in Vicker Street. Did oh, that'd be cool. Right? Yeah, uh, next that'd be year. Good. Next year, anyway, she's playing uh, Vicker Street. I think. Um, that was announced today, so I don't remember all the details. That's it's fine. It's been a long day. Uh, so that's it for our Tracks of the Week this week. We will move on to Album of the Week, which is from Richie Egan, a.k.a. Jape, who uh, has released a new album called Sentinel. This is eight tracks, which we kind of have discussed around uh, in, but in, with individual tracks, but uh, this is the lead track from it, which is called Sentinel. Spirit in the room, trying to find me. 
Sentinel, the title track from his sixth album. Um, it is a bit more um, autumnal, I would say, than his previous stuff. A bit more paired back, and maybe more home-recorded sounding, even if it's nicely mixed and mastered and all that kind of stuff. I went to see Jape play five songs from the record on Sunday at Lost Lane. Oh, did you go to that? Yeah, yeah. so it was like a... It was rage and I couldn't go. It, it was like lovely. an in-store, but it was not in the store. It was in Lost Lane. Outstore. Outstore, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it was, what was really nice about it was that it was a Sunday afternoon and uh, a perfect time to hear an album like this, but also more Sunday afternoon gigs. What yeah, more of those? hell yeah. Great time for a gig. Mm-hmm. I'm terrible at going for to gigs on Sunday night. Yeah. Because... You know, you have to go to work on Monday morning. Yeah. And not only that, but I'm just like usually wrecked from Friday and Saturday because I'm usually either DJing or out. So Sunday and Monday gigs are really hard work for me. So mm. Sunday afternoon gig was really nice. Another reason to be cheerful, actually. I went to Hen's Teeth, the new uh, place in Black Pits, which is they have a new shop there. Um, lots of art and design stuff. Uh, nice little diner vibe. And then also uh, Optic Music Shop, the vinyl record shop is there as well. Mm-hmm. So that was a lovely Sunday afternoon. I went that to Token as well in Smithfield. And I was home by like eight o'clock. So have all Great these things time. contributed to you having a positive feeling about this record? <laughs> uh, not necessarily, but um, it is a, an album that I'm enjoying. Um, it, as I said, it's, I feel like it's very suitably autumnal. Mm. Um, it's it's a bit of a... How would you describe it? It's not exactly a typical Jape record in the vein of the last three records. Mm. And that's good. Um, but it does allude to challenges and difficulties in his life maybe that uh, aren't fully addressed and it does take me a while to like process uh lyrics sometimes but I'm, I'm definitely sensing there's a sense of coping with things here and like figuring out what it is to have a family and and how to manage it and all that kind of stuff and maybe a career as well mm. just allusions to um willing to fail which is uh, it's actually a track i don't 100 percent enjoy it, it reminds me it's a bit frenzied it reminds me of like animal collective right um but has some nice touches in terms of the vocal processing and the lyrics about you know you know you just need to follow your muse essentially is what i'm what i'm getting from it and mm. then the two t- songs that i think i've heard before that were really sent it out that one we just heard and we do a dead thing overboard open the album i think they're the strongest ones on it mm. um and then uh it's just more of a mood, really, the whole thing. Um, I Some of the textures on it are quite tumultuous. Um, and then, but they're sometimes quite radiant as well. I think his gift for melody shines through there. It was nice to see him perform it live with David Kitt and Margie Lewis so as a three-piece kind of uh, very different setup from the last time I saw Jape on a, on a stage. And I did enjoy it. Other thing that's nice about this album is that there's a song called Harrington Street that was originally he put up on uh, SoundCloud in 2015, which closes, bookends the record. So mm. nice to hear that as well. And uh, I gather you're enjoying this quite a lot, though. Yeah, I, I'm i really, really enjoying this. Um, I definitely, I've definitely bought into, or not bought into, that makes it sound sinister, but I've definitely given myself over to it as being something that is in a way, none of my business. Like I remember, I can't remember exactly what he said in the, in the press release about it, but it was something along the lines of, you know, these are very personal songs. Maybe you can share in them. Like, so I don't... It's an intimate record. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's Private definitely record. not... Um, it's not a record that I think he's put out there expecting 
you know, acclaim or anything like that. It's just he happened to have this collection of songs that belong together and he's shared them with us. And I'm I've sort of given myself over to that. And also the the idea of this record for Richie sort of representing and pointing to early mornings and how he's come he's come around to early mornings as being something that has been a huge inspiration for him like the the mood you have before the day starts before you remember that you're a human again and you have a job and you have a life and all of these things um it's definitely something that is is resonating with me a lot I think musically it's really really interesting I actually I think I think it's much more than a mood album actually I think there's there's melodies on this that are really really accomplished but they might just be buried a little bit in how textured it is maybe but there's moments on it where I think it's on is it the, the sea shade I think is a really beautiful song and there's really interesting kind of synthy electronic stuff happening very subtly in it but you can really hear you know the fingers moving up and down the fretboard kind of thing um you get those kind of organic tones mixed in with the more electronic stuff, but it's definitely the organic earthiness of it that is at the fore. And I love that. I absolutely love that. I think it's, I think lyrically, it's really, really interesting. We definitely, I feel like he's given over more to us than I might've expected going into it. Um, And yeah, I I think all nine tracks on it are really, really strong. Um, I'm definitely loving I Was Wrong and The Sea Shade a lot. Um, Willing to Fail is great as well. And the instrumental track is great as well. And Harrington Street is great as well. So it's, yeah, it's it's a nice short album, but I think there's so much in it if you're willing to kind of dive in. Yeah, I think that's fair. There's a lot to be extracted from this. Yeah. Um, and I think you can sense a, a person where they're at in their life and mm. um, and how that all mixes up into their creativity and all that kind of stuff. So I'm definitely getting that from them. Like, was it you to say it was a bit of a dad album? Did you say that? Somebody no, said that to me. somebody said that on No way. Encore, I think. Oh, right. oh. I think Dahi might have said that on No Encore <laughs> a couple somebody of weeks said ago. It to me last week. Um, I was like, it's like a dad album. Maybe I just heard it on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They did. They did a very good review of the album uh, on No uh, Friends of the Show. Um, but yeah, like I've just been. It's one of those albums where do you know some weeks when you're reviewing an album, and you're like, okay, right, better get back to that album now and give it another listen. It just hasn't crossed my mind that like I don't want to listen to it at all this week. Like, and you know, I've I've had this album for like three three or four weeks now probably maybe five weeks and it's just always kind of even when I'm reviewing other stuff I've been going back to it and listening to it a lot so it's definitely kind of like seeped in to mm. this time in my life um I think it works really well as a collection of songs together for sure yeah you know, there's a they seem to fit really well together mm. and that's a a powerful thing for an album to be yeah for it all to feel like they belong together i i like a lot how how the themes lyrically of i suppose growth and maturity they just they exist alongside what i think is his most mature sound to date as well and i feel like he sounds 
like a grown up on this. Yeah, he's he's certainly content to put this out and not. Uh, I don't think he's touring it or anything like that. I think he'll. Which be... is a shame. I'd love to see these songs live. Shed a came on Sunday. No, I couldn't. I was busy. <laughs> um, yeah, it is a shame. I, I I would really really like to see this in like a really small setting. Um. I'd have to go back and listen to the first two albums again to uh, figure out if it is there are some parallels to this one. Mm. Um, I feel like they were more acoustic records, but to be honest, the only way of hearing them properly are they actually up online? I must actually have a look. I don't think they're on Spotify. Um, I do have a CD copy of it for sure. I have no who who plays CDs anymore. I don't have a I CD don't know. player. I, do, I think you I do can have play one it in. The in car, um, but it doesn't work. You can probably play it in your PlayStation. <laughs> Oh, Whoop. yeah. That Whoop. was a ghost. Whoop. You can probably play it in your PlayStation or an Xbox or something like that. That maybe. is true. You could probably do that. Yeah. Um, yeah That's the only disc-shaped thing that I have in my house is the Xbox, I think. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but yeah, I listened to Floating today, which has remained like probably in my top 10 Irish songs of all time. Um, ever, like s- since I first heard it, um, I went back and listened to it today and it was just really, really interesting to hear him sound so young on it and just yeah. sound so like experimental and kooky and just really throwing it out there. It has such a, I, I don't think I realized it at the time because I was, I was young then too. Um, but it just, uh, it just exudes youth and this album I think exudes reflection and they're both so lovely for that it's it's really nice to see an artist like really grow and really change and yet kind of keep the interesting turns of phrases and the interesting melodies that has made his music so interesting for so many years you know yeah look i'm always interested to hear what uh richie has to do uh what he releases and what he's up to um so um it's great to hear him um do this and again i just yeah i just like a fan of him i like what he does uh, uh so i enjoy hearing this and mm. i'll definitely be going back to it but definitely in more of my quieter reflective moments yeah i've been listening to a lot of stuff in the last while so um i've been but this has been in there still. yeah this so. has been a nice one to come out at this time of year because i'm going back and i'm listening to a lot of stuff that i didn't listen to when it came out and that's actually turned out to be a lot of hip hop. So it's been, this has been a respite from like a lot of very kind of full on hip hop tunes. And then I go back to this and. I don't yeah. think there's going to, yeah, we're not, we don't have many albums left to, that are going to be released in the, in the next few weeks. Uh, My Sphere's album's out this Friday, but yeah. I'm sure there's some international ones as well. Oh, uh, Stormzy is releasing an album. Yeah, uh, that's very exciting. Yeah. Um, what but, what are you at Stormzy? I think that's that's kind of, that's kind of cool energy though. Ruining ruining the end of the year list. Yeah, you know, he's gonna it's gonna happen. So uh, we will see how that goes. Someone always does it in December. It's yeah, fine. For sure. uh, but yeah, looking forward to that Harry Styles album in December as well. Don't forget. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll be listening to that big time. Yeah. Um, oh, so yeah, what else have you been enjoying lately? Um, in terms of music, or is this my, what have I been reading, listening? Yeah, uh, well, actually, I'll I'll start because most of them are actually music. Okay, go for it. This week. So what else you've been enjoying? Um, it's actually just music. I've been listening to a lot of music. Music is something that uh, gives me a lot of strength and I like listening to it. And so I've been enjoying a new album from Sorka Richardson, actually, First Prize Bravery. Got a full proper listen to that last night and I really enjoyed it. I'm actually going to go see her after this. Once we finish up uh, tonight in Wheelands, um, I've listened to that wiki album that I mentioned. Blue Hawaii, do you know them? Um, kind of a duo from, I believe they're from Canada. 
Can, I was going to say Canada, uh, Canada, and uh, uh, the album is called Open Reduction Internal Fixation. Um, it's title. kind of like a soft atmospheric dance album that's really nice. Okay. Um, and I finally got into FKA Twigs, Magdalene. Yeah. Did you see her performance on Jimmy Fallon last Did week? Did I see her or performance? the week before, whenever it was. I, I only watched sobbed. it last weekend. Oh my God. The Stunning. strength and control that woman has in her body to uh, pole dance. She's is she's always been something else. Like I think she she was a dancer before she was a an, a recording artist, um, and she's just kind of kept up that incredible strength. And like despite the fact that she's had like health difficulties in the past year and stuff, I feel like that was just. It was one of the most stunning things I've ever seen. Like, like if you look at all the comments on the YouTube video, it's like, this is too good for Jimmy Fallon. And they're right. Yeah, oh, they're so right. They're so, so right. It was such like art. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I thought the addition of the cello in that song was really something as well. It was absolutely gorgeous. Her voice is just so stunning. Like, yeah, I've I've also gone back to that album in, in the past week and I've just I mean, a really few of the songs are a bit hard to listen to, but I'm still kind of, yeah, getting, I'm burying myself into it a bit more. Yeah, yeah. She's great. And I've also been listening to Mango and Madman's Casual Work. Same. Two weeks in a row they've been mentioned this week and, you know, like, why not? They're good lads. Very, very strong album. And uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying that. I don't think I've, I finished my, I finished Catch and Kill, um, the book by Ronan Farrow, which I mentioned last week. Mm-hmm. And I've gone back to reading uh, Leonard and Hungry Paul by Ron Hessian, who um, formerly had a life known as uh, Mumbling Death Row, a folk artist. Great book. Really mm-hmm. enjoying that one. And I don't think I've been watching anything at all. Uh, oh, I watched the first two episodes of The Mandalorian, the Star Wars um, It's the Baby Yoda. With the Baby Yoda. Are I you? don't, I don't, I didn't have any interest in seeing this, but I have enough things on and I was like, I'm not going to watch the Star Wars show. And then the baby Yoda <laughs> happened and I was like, now I have to watch the stupid Star Wars show. Um, it, lo- it, lo- it looks good. To be uh, fair. It's okay. It's yeah. very slow paced and a uh, small story. It's a small story right. for sure. Is baby um, Yoda very cute though? Yeah. Yeah. And he's in he's this so like floating small. pod. Is it actually Yoda? Is that what it is? I don't know. I've just seen people call him Baby Yoda. I've just seen like a lot of pictures of him online and people freaking out. And now I'm freaking out. And, and yeah. why not? Oh, very cute. Very yeah, sweet. Very good. Uh, I've been watching. I've been watching the Watchmen. <laughs> Who watches the Watchmen? It's me. Um, I don't. I read the comic, the graphic novel. Sorry, don't come at me. The graphic novel. Um, years ago I'd say about 12 years ago easily so like I don't remember anything um like, you saw the film yeah again years ago didn't like it um yeah I think you I think it was the kind of thing you need to be aware of yeah who the characters are and you're like yeah what but, the hell but I'm, I'm watching it now and I'm, I'm watching it with um with himself and he knows it quite well and like during it I, I have the odd question of like who's he who's she what does that mean what's the significance of that but even just taking it at face value I'm confused, definitely, but I think it's it's really strong. It's really great. The music in it is fantastic. It's uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, so makes sense. Prolific. It would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so watching Watchmen, listening to FKH Twigs, Mango, Mathman, Maya Sophia, um, and Jape. Not much else beyond that, I don't think. Um, and still watching his Dark Materials new episode is you know even better than the last really, i'm really really impressed with the series so far kept threatening to go see the irishman mm. but i have not because i know it's three and a half hours long yeah watch and it at it's home. on 
uh, Netflix this weekend. Yeah. So yeah. I'll just do that. Probably. Oh, I went to the Order Garland oh, yeah, on yeah, yeah. Friday. Uh, in She's very good, isn't she? Wheelands. She is. Yeah. I never really got her before and then I went to see her and I was like oh she's really charming and yeah she's got really lovely songs everyone that was there was like a diehard like she's, she's got, got a lot of fans she's got stands man yeah, like stands, they yeah, are into sure. her uh that was a lovely gig it was a really really nice gig it felt like one of those like, like Lizzo but opposite one of those gigs where you know there was a lot of friend groups there and the odd couple here and there but it was definitely like a a real a lot of kind of y- younger Puzzles. crowd pals, yeah. gals coming together and uh, and going to see it. And yeah, she was really, really great, really charming. Enjoyed it. Super. I think that's it from us this week. That's much. it. Say so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Patreon.com forward slash 909. If you want to support us, we do appreciate it. There's a hundred and 50 something people who support us every month and uh, and they're really, also the best looking people in the country they are isn't that mad and it really does help us uh, keep the lights on pay for the office pay for staff all those kind of things we live in tumultuous times where things are hard to pay for and keep going and if you like what we do and whether it's the gig guide or the podcast a lot of people say I love the podcast to me so that's nice that's good so thanks, thanks for that so if you're one of those no one people, says it to me well, you know you, you you need to get out there more. Yeah, that's true. You need to be seen. Okay. You were seen last night. I was you? seen. Yeah. yeah. I felt seen. You felt seen. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you out there a bit more. Don't yeah. worry about it. I have a um, Twitter. Come yeah. to my Twitter, Andrea Cleary underscore. Andrea Cleary underscore. There yeah, you go. Yeah, but if you're one of those people who've ever said that kind of thing to me or offered to buy me a pint, don't buy me a pint. Just support Patreon. We yeah. much prefer that. That'd be lovely. Thank you very much. Um yeah, so we got uh, fresh mode uh, tonight, Thursday, if you're listening to this. Uh, Lumo Saturday and lots more events coming up soon. Ah, sure. Look, it's Christmas. DJ Laura Voices on the Friday night, I believe, Mm -hmm. in Dingle. Can't wait. Can't wait for my annual Christmas jaunt (laughs) to Dingle and to Kerry. Can't wait. Um, So, we're going to finish with a track from a Kildare band who just released a new single. It's called Sirens. They are called Silverbacks. They are uh, a great band and buzzing around the world at the moment, uh, doing quite well. and this is a song I think you're going to really enjoy if you haven't heard Silverbacks before. It is called Sirens and we're going to leave you with it. So thank you, Andrea. Thank you, Niall. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody. We'll be back next week with more chats. God bless. Um, yeah, like and subscribe and all that shit. Thanks. Bye. I can settle the crowd. I can settle the crowd.
in three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states learn more at uh1.com hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.